What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey, powered by All Four Seasons Garage Doors. Blaine and Mickey, with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Hey, today is loaded. Loaded. Like, we showed up with a briefcase full of load today. We're loaded. Oh. Yeah, it's a big, this show is a giant load well, today. As men in the, the roster for the show. Today. Yes. Yeah, on the show. A, yeah. yeah. And when people get confused, they turn around and say, loaded. Oh, Mickey's got some, took some allergy medicine again? No, I would not do that. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this job, Wayne. I'm trying to keep this job. Um, so, okay. in the, we so, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hit you with our opening salvo here. We're going to hit you strong and fast like we do. Then we'll take a break. Then Brian Baldinger, Baldy, Baldy's breakdowns, which is the best thing on the internet oh, about football. Man, I love Baldy's breakdowns. And I know that's your guy. Also, yeah. you guys have similar hands. It's always interesting. Oh, when I was, nothing like his hands. That that hand, that finger going way the other way. He got a couple of them. His, his fingers have made business decisions. Yeah, he's that, an old lineman, so that was happening. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the best hands in the game and the best internet football game in the game, Baldy will join us. And then we're going to make Buck follow him just because we're going to do that to Buck. And in the second hour, this is a real thing on earth today that is happening. Our friend Chelsea Messenger is going to not just call into the studio. She's coming to the studio. Oh, live and in person? Yep, Vegas prop bets. Oh, She's local. Uh-huh. And she's always telling us, well, you know, you guys have never asked me to come in the studio. So he said, okay. Yeah, so, so we asked her, we she asked. said, go to the Super Bowl or go to Blaine and Mickey's show. Yep. And she says, no doubt I'm coming to the Blaine and Mickey show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who would want to be in Vegas when you could be yeah, right here yeah, in Nashville? She said, Are you kidding me? Yeah, because she said what happens in Vegas never stays in Vegas. She said she would have brought it to Nashville. Because she, she said that's why this is Cashville. That's it. Nashville. 100%. Nash Vegas, baby. It's all of those things. And so she's going to be here celebrating <laughs> oh, that with us. So Too bad I can't see myself today. I can see you, though. You look fine. People are talking about your hat. <laughs> they are. Oh, they can still see me? Yes. Even though I can't see them, I don't have it up. Duck I'll Falling is asking what kind of hat that is. He also said a giant load. Oh, <laughs> and then he's oh, asking yeah, questions yeah, about this. Um, yeah, it's Rumble. Yeah, Rumble Bumble. Rumble yeah, Bumble yeah, hat. My, my, yeah, my wife is an investor in that company. Okay. You always show up a little something, something yeah. that has the chat talking. You're, you got the cool glasses. <laughs> now you got the cool hat. People yeah, people need to see Blaine's feet every day, too. <laughs> I don't mean My your feet. feet. That's how I learned <laughs> this radio station was a foot discussion about LeBron you years ago. His shoes. Yeah. My shoes. Your My shoes. shoes. Blaine's kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, but the, right. The first time I met Mickey, though, was about it was about my feet. See, look. He got out this point. What? Really? I mm-hmm. used to work part-time on the station. Yeah. I moved away. Came back to record the last few songs that I thought I was ever going to record, and I drove by a radio station. So Angie was downstairs, who still works here, who produced Plaster Show and all those yeah. guys. And she's like, well, Brent and Blaine are upstairs. You should just go say hi to them. Clay is out today. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to stir up the Clay people, because there's still people who occasionally tell me, I hate you. You should have yeah. never <laughs> took over for Clay. I, I, okay, anyway. So I go up there, and I sit down. I just sit in the studio. You guys are doing the show. Yeah. And the picture of, Le- this is ironic, the picture of LeBron's feet that day, yeah, it, it got out. That's out again. 
Yeah. That picture of his foot is now viral on the internet again. Today? Yes, yesterday. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Have you seen the picture of his foot? I have not. Oh, it is not a sight to it see. It is hammer time. <laughs> One of his toes stands straight up. It looks like a hovercraft, and like the driver up. sits in there that, that directs his foot. His foot is, is more messed up than a pile of coat hangers. And uh, so, oh my. so I'm like, we're in the commercial break. I said, have you guys seen this picture of LeBron's foot? Yeah, and this was like years ago, too. Yes, this was over know. 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And so Blaine was like, because Blaine and I had only, in passing, ever yeah, been around yeah, each other. Yeah. So Blaine's like, show me what you're talking about. I said, you're like, oh, my gosh. So let me start talking about feet. And for some reason, David Reed was producing that day. It wasn't uh-huh. JT. So David Reed took his shoes and socks off. It was like, look at my feet. They look incredible. And you're like, oh, man. LeBron James, yes. man. <laughs> so then Blaine took his shoes and socks off. And I was like. Blaine has the feet of a newborn baby. <laughs> it's like his feet were brand new. My feet are so messed up. And I didn't play 10 years of pro football and four years of college football. Blaine's feet look like God had just made them. Five, five years of college football, by the way. Five years of college football. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I was, I was, I was college. red, red shirt, yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Watch this. I learned early on when I got to the pros, if you don't take care of your feet, your feet won't take care of you. I mean, look at Deion Sanders. And, and, and I used to laugh at the guys when they said that. I said, well, yeah. what do you mean? They said, look, I go, I go get my feet done. I said, oh, man, you know, and I'm all oh, macho guys in the locker room. What? Oh, man, you go get your feet done, man. You go get your feet done. You know, we just messing with them, right? They said, you better start going to get your feet done. And make sure they massage your feet and hit those points in your feet because those are points to your body. And will your body then will excel? And I'm talking about getting the toenails done, get clear, polish, all of that. Uh-huh. So I started laughing at the time. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I said, well, let me just try one time. Let me go with one of y'all. So I went and said, okay. I told you I was a try. Oh, let me try. You know, uh, let me go fishing with y'all. Sure. Y'all going to go at three in the morning? Oh, all right, I'm going to go. Let me try. They are going hunting in the morning. Oh, okay, I'll go. I'll try. So that's what I did. And then I just said, you know what? I need to keep doing this. Yeah, you know, so now I, I kind of pretty much do it myself, but yeah. Even then, when you, 10 years ago, I was doing it myself. So yeah, so that's how my feet got like that. Now, they were already, I'm, I'm going to say that, yeah, I, I was blessed with some, but I did take care of them, but I, I was definitely blessed. I, you know, I'm in the locker room now, boy. It used to be some hammer toe coming up in there, hammer time all day long. Some of them I just felt bad for. I'm like, ooh. And guys, you know, typical guys in the locker room, they make fun of other guys. <laughs> oh. So, man, I, I never did that, you know, because I don't know, you know, paranoia. All I, I could go through, I'll tell one quick story, is Perry Feeds in there getting taped, getting taped for practice. <laughs> And then, he, so everybody's like, God dang, man. This is horrible. What's wrong with your feet? So he that comes and tells man. us a Just story that oh, he no. didn't even have bottoms of his shoes. And he wore holeless shoes. And he had to walk around in the country of Mississippi somewhere. And that, that's why his feet look like that. And boy, was it a sight to see. But I never said anything. <laughs> I just used to be like, ooh, there's <laughs> a lot lot going on, huh? Oh, oh man. my. Lord I can't even describe it. Look at him. Yeah. Played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He lives in uh, Dallas now. Well, God bless him and his feet. There's a couple guys down there. D. Mitch and uh, Denar Walker. There's a few of those DBs I was in down there in Dallas.
Uh, this has nothing to do with anybody's feet, but some Tennessee fans might be dancing on their feet when they saw this. Y'all see Lunardi's tweet earlier today after the 20-point win over LSU last night. They got dicey with a few minutes left, I might say. They got bumped up into a number one seed. Numero uno seed. They have never been a number one seed. Purdue, UConn, Houston, Tennessee. How about Houston, man? University oh, Houston. of Houston. Oh, man, they be rocking. Samson is the uh, coach there. Yeah, his, his uh, son is the assistant uh, coach. Actually, Samson got thrown out the game the other day. So uh, <laughs> happened to see the highlight there. Yeah, man, they rocking on. Well, Mickey, with uh, I think Arizona plays Utah tonight, and I think if they win, they'll be bumped back up and okay. number one, and Tennessee will be the first the first two seed. Okay. So that number five overall. Now, explain this to me. Like, how are they the number one seed when they're not even number one in the SEC as of today? They are fourth. There's a three-way uh, tie for first, and then they're fourth or half a game behind those three teams. So, I think so how with, does that work? So, I think with, like, basketball, it's, it's like a— Rules of scheduling and it, everything? It's, well, it's like a selection committee, mm-hmm. it, just like all the major tournaments. Like, mm-hmm. with, uh, with, base, with baseball, the College World Series, um, not the actual— World Series at the end, but the entire tournament, the NCAA tournament, it's like a selection process. Um, so you're selected in to a to a top seed. It's based off whatever committee selects. That. I think it's the same with basketball. Well, I think it has to do with scheduling your opponents and then how well you've done against some of the higher ranked opponents, even though they've lost some of those. But, yeah, and then uh, there's, uh, there's it's more to it than just a selection committee. There, well, yeah, bananas. They, I mean, there's got to be a, a science like, to it. They look at like uh, so they rank each win. So there's like a quad one, right. quad mm-hmm. two. So the more quad one wins you have, the higher you'll be ranked. So you might lose. So like Tennessee might be what tied for third or fourth, whatever it is in the SEC right now. But they may have a certain number of quad one wins that Alabama, who I think is first, doesn't have. Uh, got you, got you. Or Auburn, or you, South Carolina, who are the teams ahead of them? But yeah, I, I was just curious because uh, I'm sure they play. They played a tough schedule, so uh, outside of the SEC, so I'm pretty sure that's probably how. But you never know if it's better to be the one seed or the two seed. I'm sure everybody would say the one seed should have an easier route. Uh, but basketball is all about matchups, so you just never know. Let's match up with Brian Baldinger next. Baldy from Baldy's Breakdowns. You know him, longtime NFL player, now one of the best in the business when it comes to breaking down the game. He is going to join us next, and we'll talk to him a little while. Then we'll talk to Buck a little while. So Baldy and Buck, both, mm, next. That sounds like a show. Baldy, Buck, Blaine, Mickey. Yeah, Bananas. Boom. <laughs> Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow, nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that... Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Come on, feel the noise. Girls, 
Key 1045 The Zone. We're going to get wild in a minute or two here with Baldy NFL, at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Bananas is efforting him. He is somewhere yeah. in the friendly confines of Las Vegas right now. Right. He's at the Super Bowl, so don't plan on him calling, you know, on time. They just it, All other interviews go over or just continues, you know, it could be in five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man. That's how it works at the at the Vegas Super Bowl. Man. Super Bowl. So, so some people, if you're young enough, you're like, I know that guy. He's on Twitter. He breaks down football games, right? And then, obviously, we remember him as a football player. He was an NFL football player. He and his brother both. One of the cool things about this show, and I'll say this. We weren't planning on talking about this. We'll have Baldy in just a minute. He takes film and breaks it down. Mm, and he'll say, it. like, here's, you know, watch how Fred Warner plays this play. And then he'll have it. Maybe he's got a different angle. You are really good at that, too. Yeah, well, I I, I have to say that uh, when I first got on the radio, Baldy used to come on regularly, and then, uh, you know, there was a point in time where he just couldn't fit it in, uh, sponsors and everything else. But, uh, yeah, so I, I talk to him pretty regularly, especially when he comes here and watch some of the Titans game. I love it because not only that his breakdown is his narrative when he's talking about the actual plays. Yep. He's doing football narratives, you know, and the way he, it's like he's a DJ of the video. It is awesome. I wish I could do that. I wish I was great at like, you know, giving tag names to players and just, I mean, it was, it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's special. It really is. What he does though, and what you do on the show and, and when we were doing post game and you would get to immediately react to games, but people get that now on our show on Monday, you, you can get it, the Blaine and Mickey experience and get Blaine breaking down stuff. He does it in real English like you do. Maybe mm-hmm. that's one of the things you yeah. kind of picked up from yeah, him. I did. Because he's not saying this is a three high safety look right. with a, you know, a red dog bliss. He's not saying that. Yeah. He said, watch him come down. Watch how fast the safety comes down. And then he gets blocked. He's just explaining it in it, terms. It gets everybody off goes, his block and yes. bam. That's what I'm talking about. That is how you play safety, you know, or whatever, you know. It's whatever just like, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I took a lot of hints when I first got on radio, from, and Baldy was one of them. He's like, you know, make sure you dumb it down so you just act like you're talking to whoever that is. You know, he says, you know, for me, I act like I'm talking to my wife and I want to explain to her and her knowledge in football is just kind of gained over time. Just kind of telling her the simple parts of the game and just explain it to it, dumb it down. And don't talk about, oh, OK, this is 12 personnel. Most people don't know what 12 personnel is. Right. So why would it? But everybody knows what two tight ends is. Right. And one running back and two wide receivers, you know, so, that, you know, so that's I, I learned that from him and, and John McClain. Those are the two people when I'm describing, you know, the team. Or when I started radio and John McClain, those guys really kind of gave me a, you know, I would say things to know why you're in the industry and uh, when you're on air. So, yeah, I definitely stole some of those things from those guys, but I'm nowhere near as good as either one of those guys. Those guys are Hall of Fame type radio people. <laughs> McClain's a Hall of Fame writer and, you know, this man, they're, and they're, you know, great human beings too at the same time. But, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. You know, we're sitting here watching Joe Montana, who in, in my era growing up, I thought Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback to ever live. And then to get a chance to play his last year against him with the Chiefs was really cool and fascinating at the same time because there there were some aha moments for me just seeing him on the other side. Even though he was in a different uniform, uh, it was just like, dang, that's Joe Montana. <laughs> and, you know, and just to see, you know, he he wasn't a big, massive-looking human being. Right. Like Josh Allen or McNair or, you know, some of these big quarterbacks. So it was really unique and just seeing uh, what he could do and how he took command. 
uh, to to all the the great ones that I got a chance to play against. So that, that was that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, so just seeing him up there, and then just think Steve Young, pretty much after he got injured, took his job with San Francisco, and you would never think that would happen. That's when you're starting to learn about the business of the NFL. And this is all my rookie year, let alone we traded Warren Moon. So I thought, uh oh, this is a whole different level. Because I practiced and played again. I mean, and I knew how good he was. And uh, so you see guys like that get traded, and it seems like they should play for the same organization at least all the way till they they can't even put the shoes on or something, you know, the cleats. So, but yeah, that that happened, and he went on to play, I guess, what, four more years? Uh, and then Warren ended up playing, you know, many more years after that. He played until he was in his mid-40s. Yeah, he was 44, I think. His, uh, la- his last team, by the way, he played for the Chiefs. Yes, I remember. Yeah, for the Him Chiefs. Him and that number one in the Chiefs. Uh, oh, gosh, that was so That's smooth. Beautiful, wasn't it? He is one of just the smoothest, Warren, yeah. the really big guy in the number one, which looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you got the arm, and he had the smoothest throwing motion. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I was listening to his story. I didn't know all of his story. I was listening to him on uh, – NFL Network yesterday or two days ago, I've been zoomed in on the channel, so I'm getting days confused now. Probably Tuesday, and uh, you know how you know there there he didn't get drafted, and at, during that time, you know there weren't any I think black quarterbacks in the National Football League, so he had to go through the CFL route. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about overcome a lot of different hurdles. Uh, they were you know so they asked him this question. I think it was uh, uh what's the uh, GM used to be of the Colts or the Bill Bills Paoli. He was the one asking the question, and he was back in studio. And so he went through all the different machinations of how hard it was for him. And he used his mother, who he was, I guess he was raised with six sisters, and he was the only boy. So I, I didn't know any of this, by the way. And I wow. with him. Yeah, and so he was kind of the man of the house. And so he saw his mother getting things done. I guess it was just him and his mother, you know, and all the girls. And uh, so if she could do it, I could do it. And so I believed that I, I could do anything. And so... Uh, when he got his opportunity, he felt like he had, they said, did you have a chip on your shoulder? He said, no, I had a boulder on my shoulder. Wow. So I had never even heard of this story. It's a guy I played with and been around with the whole, you know, over these years. And we've never had that kind of discussion. And, uh, you know, me not, you know, I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in college and pro football at 10. And when he was, you know, probably, you know, getting into the league. So. It was just enlightening just to see everybody has different hurdles to that, to Brock Purdy and, and him being a late round pick. And he, you know, he said the same thing Dan Marino said, as as I said on air, all quarterbacks are game managers. He said the exact same thing. And then he said, it's when those big moments happen, do you then rise to the occasion and make a play? Mm-hmm. Become Then you become a game changer. So he said, but, you know, all of us were game managers. It's our job. He says, we're like a point guard. We just get it to our playmakers. It was, it was kind of interesting to hear two Hall of Fame guys kind of somewhat say the same thing. They said it in their own way, but that's sure. what it meant. You know, so uh, I, th- I thought that was interesting. And that's how it led to his conversation about him to Brock Purdy and how he had to overcome some hurdles just because of his size or whatever it was. But he said, he's a he's an elite quarterback. And it's funny because a lot of it just comes down to what, what kind of a game are you asked to manage. Yeah. In the case of Dan Marino, in an era where people ran the ball, they didn't always run the ball that much. No. He had Mark Clayton and, and Mark Duper, the Marx brothers. Mm-hmm. They had. Uh, Who went to my high school? Nat Mark Moore. Clayton. Nat that, Moore. That, and, and their running back was Tony Nathan. Yep. Who was a dual guy. Yeah. You could throw him the Passing ball. Guy. And then later, Passing your guy. ball state teammate, Bertie Parmalee, yeah. he could catch the ball mm-hmm. too. 
they ran a pass-happy offense. That's what they ran. And boy, did he manage it. Oh my gosh, did he manage those games, throwing it to all those guys. But at the same time, you had like Troy Aikman, who was managing the Cowboys. Yeah. He, he doesn't have great stats. His stats are not much more even than McNair's, yeah, for example. Had, uh, yeah, Irvin Harper. UT, right? Yep. And what, Novacek? Novacek. Uh-huh. Emmitt Smith. Johnson and Emmitt Smith. So they had Daryl Johnson and Emmitt Smith. They ran the ball as much as they threw it. They were a really balanced team. Mm-hmm. And he managed no mistakes, didn't throw the ball away. Michael Irvin was a great. three rings. Three rings. And nobody ever's like, oh, Aikman's a game manager. They're like, oh, no, Aikman's a Hall of Famer. Because he won championships. So, that's have, have we lost our guy, Baldy? Unfortunately, uh, I was a, I was – Told it there was a crisis on the media row floor, and uh, I hope everybody's okay. What I don't know. That's all I was told, and uh, Baldy will not be available during uh, our show time. Okay. Well, as long as he's okay, that's all that matters. Because yeah. we'll catch up to him, and Buck is going to be in here. You, can, we, I guess we could page Buck. But Buck's actually here. Yeah. And, and I mean, in is he building. here? Here? Or is he calling? No, we'll, we'll be calling him on the phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say well, you can get that rascal on the phone then. Yeah, we can get him. We'll get Baldy. We'll just watch the breakdowns. We'll, maybe we can just play some of those. Th- this is what's going to blow people's mind. Let's say the 49ers win this game. And what if Brock What if Brock Purdy, you know, runs for 35 yards and a couple of really key gains, throws a game-winning touchdown pass? All the people who – all those people, oh, it's just a game. What are you going to say then? If they win watch, the Super Bowl. Watch this. The naysayers, they're going to say he's going to have to do it one more year. Oh. That, that's what they're going to say. They're going to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, the rest who are saying you know who were in the middle, and they're gonna say, "Hey, man, he got it done." At the end of the day, uh, I you know I kind of root for the underdog. It's it's hard to go against Mahomes and this this legacy that they're building here with Kansas City is really fascinating to just watch it in person. Uh, even as a young player, that's why I asked the question. To me, at this point in time, he is better than, and I thought I'd never say this than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's teams were led by their defense. Now you could say the Chiefs are led by their defense, but the difference maker is still Mahomes. Yep. So in his first six years, and what is this, his fourth Super Bowl he's in? Yes. Which which he could win three, uh, you know, in six years is pretty, wow. So uh, if he gets this one, I would have to say in the beginning stages of Brady's first three, I would say Mahomes is better. And that, I, I don't think I'd ever say that. <laughs> now, at the the last three, where naturally Tom Brady carried it all. I yeah. mean, but the, the first three, they they were a defensive dominant. I mean, they had dudes. I mean, Vrabel was one of them on defense with Willie McGinnis, Ty Law. I mean, you could go Teddy Bruschi, Vince Wolfolk. I mean, if when I know their names, yeah. these dudes were household and these dudes was bad, you know what. And so, yeah, it, 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 this is going to be something. To and another thing I keep saying is, is kind of interesting. I hear everybody saying this, and I, I'm just making a bold prediction is that Andy Reid's going to retire, and everybody goes, oh, that sounds so silly mm. because he could just ride the coattails of Mahomes from here on out. Sure. Which is true. So, yeah. So what I'm saying is I think he's going to go in the front office, right. and I think he's going to bring Eric B. Enemy because this is how great of a person Andy Reid is. But the normal culture would have been selfish. They'd be like, nah, I'm never doing that. Mm-mm. So I just believe something's up because we haven't heard him being quoted, I'm sure they've asked him that this could be his last game. I have, or no, are you going to retire after this? I haven't heard anybody say what his response is. It's been out there in the, in the verse, right? Everybody's talking about it, but nobody's directly asked him at the Super Bowl, or have they? I haven't heard that they have. 
Only thing I've heard about that is Eric Bieniemy has been in offensive meetings with the Chiefs players and talking to the offensive players and staff. Yeah. That, but, but nobody's asked him about if this could be your last game. Not that I've seen. Because mm. I feel like that would make the rounds. Boy, could you mm. imagine? Because that would take me back to the great Bill Walsh. Because uh-huh. you remember there's the, there's the interview of him. Is it Brent Musburger? Yeah. And they're holding the Lombardi Trophy in the locker room. And he goes, there's a rumor that this could be your last. Remember? Right. Because yeah. we're, we're all watching this. Yeah. There was no internet oh, at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's a rumor that this could be the last game for the great Bill Walsh. I have goosebumps thinking about this. And he broke down. His son was standing next to him, mm-hmm. and he just like dropped into his son's arms and then basically acknowledged, yeah, that was it. And then George Seifert got the team after that. Right. But that he, third Super Bowl, retired. And he kept coaching. I think he went back to Stanford, remember, for a while. Mm-hmm. And now then he got sick. He, he passed away way too young because of cancer. But it's not it's not out of the threshold for somebody to go, yeah, I'm going to the next thing. Yeah. And I, I will be saying, just to make his schedule easy, easier, yep. just to be upstairs, you know, just because that's who Andy Reid, man. I, I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And as you mentioned, because Mahomes, well. I mean, you could just write his coach as Mahomes. This is going to be Mahomes. I mean, Brady, now he's, he's, he's overcome all the things that I, his little deficits and quirks in his game. Yep. This year, he's proven that. Oh, now he's kind of matured, and he's taking what the defense gives him. He's in, He's been patient, even with the guys dropping the ball. And man, he's come a long way. And got, like you said, he got through all that. Yeah. And and those guys started to make plays. Marquez Valdez-Scantling caught the ball that ended the game the other day. The young Rice. MVS. Oh, Rice, yeah. The Rice. From and and Kadarius Tony not even playing for whatever reason. Uh-oh. Is he injured? Is something else going? So you're right. He's getting it done. Maybe this is what truly puts him in the GOAT conversation with Brady. Because every time Brady started a season, you're like, well, they're, they're Super Bowl. They're in the window to win the Super Bowl, even with the Bucks, And even the last year with the Bucks, like they still have Brady. <laughs> Mahomes is that. If Mahomes is on your team, you're in your Super Bowl window. So Andy Reid could absolutely just, oh, no, man, I'm get two or three more of these things. you kidding me? Yeah, it's I mean, easy to do that, right? Because this is number five for him. Tom Landry and him both have five. So Landry went two and three. If Andy wins this, he'll be three and two in his five. And I got to look and I got, we're going to talk to Javon Curse. Uh, you'll hear him tomorrow, the freak. And I got to looking at his career and I'm like, wait a second. He left here in like 2003. Andy Reid. Oh, they gave him a boatload of money. Yeah, he did. yeah that was his coach. Andy Reid was like 41, 42. Yeah, when Jim Johnson was the D.C. there, yeah. still there. Oh, as you've mentioned, John Harbaugh. That, passed away that staff was loaded yeah. with future coaches and great mm-hmm. coaches. Uh, Spagnola, I mean, like yeah. everybody was on that staff. But Andy Reid was their coach. And then you start looking at his records. Now they went to the NFC Championships all over. They couldn't get over the hump. Went to, what, four of them in a row. Right. And they used to always talk about him. He couldn't manage the game yeah. when he got tight in those critical moments, uh, which were uh, definitely were true. Mm-hmm. This is... I guess I thought of the four Super Bowls for Mahomes, but somebody tweeted this. So he's been a starter for six years. He set the one year behind Alex Smith. All six years they've played in the AFC Championship game. That is insane. That is insane. And he's only had one road road AFC Championship game. That was this year. Yeah, won that too. 
But, you know, that was another hurdle. He said, oh, okay, I've never been on road. Oh, well, I'll show I can get that, too. Watch this. And and they did it um, on the day where, I mean, the defense helped them a lot, but they did enough and scored enough to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. And that's easier said than done, as everybody knows. He made the throws when he needed to at the end of the game. Well, you know, everybody else is just trying to find, like the Titans. Who who did we have on earlier this week? Was it Chris Myers who was talking about Will Levis? You said, what do you think about him? He goes, well, what do you guys think? I mean, you, you think he's the guy? And you said, we think enough to know that he's going to be the guy in the interim for sure. They're going to find out what they got in him. And get some pieces around him, yeah. That's what everybody's trying to do. Just think of hitting on, because I, I, every NFL generation is like maybe 20 years or so, 15, 20 years. So Montana was the guy of his generation. Mm-hmm. And then it probably, maybe it morphed into a little bit somebody here or there, but for the most part it was Montana. Then he handed it off to Brady because he came not long after. Peyton Manning. Well, well Peyton and, you know. Those so Montana to Manning, mm-hmm. Manning to Brady, and now Brady to Mahomes. Where it's just that guy and your team goes out on the field and they're Super Bowl contenders. And the Chiefs sometimes start slowly or they'll lose a couple of games in a row in the middle of the season. Everybody wants, oh, that's it. No, no. They get rid of the cheetah. You know, guys come and go, guys dropping balls. Like you said, Mahomes, just, okay. Oh, I knew there was going to be no issue once Cheetah left. I, I, guess, I had to think for a minute that the receivers on our team in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, who are our receivers? Todd Pinkston. Like, who is that? <laughs> if you go look on the sideline of the Chiefs, he's their running back coach. Yeah. He's the skinniest <laughs> He's the skinniest professional football uh, player like six, I ever three, remember seeing in my life. And, and 75 pounds. <laughs> I used to be like, this dude can play? What? I'd never even heard of him from Southern Miss. I think he went to Southern Miss. Great dude, too. He act, he produced. Uh, Mitchell from UCLA. We had uh, Antonio Freeman. Fast Freddie. Who, yeah, fast who wasn't? Yeah. yeah, he was not fast. <laughs> he first round pick. And then uh, they had uh, yeah Antonio Freeman. They had James Thrash. Mm-hmm. This is not household names. Nobody's heard of these dudes. They went to the NFC Championship. Went to the Super Bowl the next year. But those dudes. Well, the next year, had a guy named T.O., man. He was yeah, yeah he on was, a broken foot. Yeah, wait, T.O., he, he was different now. Put him to wait three times to put him in there. That, oh, I mean, every time. Well, that, was a, that was a joke there. And you go back, and everybody always act like, oh, no, he was, you know, he was a cancer. He was a bad dude. Like, just think about some of the stuff he got in trouble for. Like, he never got in trouble for something off the field. It was never anything like that. He, it was just on the team. He, dude's not a, you know, he was a guy that wanted to win bad, and he was kind of misunderstood, in my opinion, because he thought he was great. And he's like, give me the ball. He was a personality. And part of that is how you get to that point. The other part is how you manage that as as a coach in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some of his stuff, you know, in the driveway pumping the weights now, I wouldn't went that far. But just think about it. But that was perceived as bad. Right. He was in his driveway lifting weights. Right. I mean, then he I did guess, some sit-ups. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you know, come on, man. Are y'all serious here? All right. Here's what's going to happen. Blaine's going to tell you about Cool Ray because you need them in your home and they okay. got to help take care of you. Yeah. Then we're going to call Buck Rising. We'll finish up this hour with him. It is Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone.
Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real. Because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Welcome to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Get our man Buck Rising in here. Our normal Thursday guest, Buck, is brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. Yeah. Buck doesn't charge us any commission for these spots that he does with us. We appreciate that. Bucky, how's your day treating you, man? You got Super Bowl fever yet? Who's your Who's your pick for the Super Bowl? Let's just start with that. We know how much you love to pick games. Uh, it's my favorite. I don't oh. pick against Mahomes. That one's easy. Oh, oh. oh you know him, huh? Yeah, that's... No. No. <laughs> I would I would very much enjoy. Well, actually, I don't know. There seems to be a lot of things going on around him. That that's like that's like one of those levels of famous that you don't want to be, right? Like Taylor Swift is not a level of famous that anybody wants to be. I don't think it would be fun to like be around that kind of just gravitational pull. I don't think that would be enjoyable at all. I just think if you were Taylor Swift and it was nine o'clock at night and you needed some cough drops, I mean you can't go into Walgreens. You have to send somebody in. You gotta have a cough drop guy. We uh, we asked somebody asked Derrick Henry a, a question about you know doing something after you know a game or a recent performance maybe it was the end of the season he's like you do you, you not understand I don't really go places in public like that's not something that that I'm able to do I can't like you said can't just go down to Walgreens can't you know stop in a stop in a local coffee spot grab a cup of coffee like whatever you gotta you gotta be very very meticulous about how you plan your day. Uh, Brock Bowers wasn't meticulous in how he planned his day. He just said he wants to be here. Are you good with the Titans just rolling up on a tight end at number seven? He wants to be here. We did some investigative reporting, and some of our listeners said, oh, his girlfriend goes to the University of Tennessee. He's wanting to stick around here. You ready for that, Buck? Mm, inside info, Buck. Yep. We know you love it. I love it. I'm, <laughs> I know, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm for all the campus tea that you got. That's That kind of – but you know, Blaine, like, I laugh, but, like, as if that stuff doesn't matter. That's the most human thing for a kid coming out of college to like want to be in proximity to where his girlfriend goes to school or whatever. Like that's that's that would be hilarious if that's actually why. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad at them if they take one of the better tight end prospects that we've seen in in recent memory. He's an all around player. He fits within a blocking scheme. He's obviously a high level. Uh, pass catcher, which is something that the Titans are in short supply of, reliable pass catchers. I don't, I don't hate that at all. Bug rising. We don't hate when he gives us his opinion here on Blaine and Mickey. Bananas. Give us the stat of Hayden Hurst's time under Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor offense 
as a tight end in his offense. Not to say Hayden Hurst is as good as Bowers or vice versa, but it gives you a little bit of a gauge of how much he would use the tight end in his offense. The most receiving yards for a tight end in the Bengals as Brian Callahan as the offensive coordinator was 493 yards. By Hayden Hurst. I, yes. How many catches? I'd have to look. I think it was in the 30s, 20s so, or 30s. I wanted him to bring that up for you because he brought that up when we talked about this a couple of days ago, is do you think that is enough, let's just say 500 yards from the seventh pick of the draft at tight end? Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the stats now. So he played 13 games, 52 catches, 414 yards, two touchdowns, Hayden Hurst in that uh, Callahan offense. The thing that I, that I do look at, Blaine, because mm-hmm. okay. I, I, I get your point. Um, his success rate, uh, particularly on first downs, how often he was catching per, uh, passes that were converted for first downs, half of his catches were first for downs. first downs. Now, uh, I like me some Hayden Hurst, by the way, too. Yeah. I, I do. I, I wanted the Titans to sign him when he was a free agent. Oh, I remember you being very passionate about that. And he, he had – that was a really nice year for him. Now, Carolina yeah. last year, obviously things um, this past season were, were not good anywhere, but still. So, I, I get your point. You want more. And Hayden Hurst was also a first-round pick. It's, it's like they're not all Sam Laporta. A lot of these dudes struggle. Yeah, but when uh, he's a seventh? In in their rookie year, yeah, um, he was twenty fifth overall. Uh, yeah, twenty fifth is totally different than with expectations for seventh. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, hell, to take Corey Davis at five, like he almost yeah. had to be Julio Jones, yeah, or right. he was going to so he was always be below be expectations, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of player that you're talking about. Now Bowers is different. Blaine, why can't he turn into wide receiver one here? Because his name is behind his name, it says tight end. So he can't be wide receiver. What? What do you mean? You mean can he be the number one target? Okay, let me uh, let me call him. Let me target one. Target. target. Uh, I think potentially. I I think he could. I think uh, it's it's kind of hard to say what a tight end actually will become in this league. I think it would be worthy. I think he's a generational player. I love him as a player. It's it's going to be a tough call uh, on draft day if he's available. Then you got a, a great tackle and a great wide receiver at the same time, all available. And you say, who can impact my team the most immediately? Yep. And everybody's going to bring up the Bengals and what happened with them. By the way, I'd say that the Bengals and, and their quarterback has been injured a lot. By the way, even you know you get hit even sometimes when you throw the ball. So without him out there, they still s- seem to do well. But we're trying to protect the quarterback. So I'm probably a little more conservative than most. Uh, but, you know, the Bengals can say that they did that, but they're the only ones that can say they did that. Well, and to your point, Blaine, like, he's not Joe Burrow. Levis is not right. Joe Burrow. Right, this, this is not. These are not the same kind of players, okay? And and I, I don't want to say that luck is a closer comparison, but I like the, I like the situation as a, as a mm, parallel, that's a good right? One. That's a good one, yeah. Where luck comes in. I mean, they're, they're physically closer to one another right. for sure. Luck, obviously, a higher-level player. Mm-hmm. But – when Luck got to Indianapolis, he was able to survive their offensive line situation. He was playing well in spite of their offensive line situation. Now, Luck was different because he just, you know, is of a different mindset and saw it as a point where he was tired of his body feeling terrible all the time because he was just taking beatings after beating 
uh, in Indianapolis behind terrible offensive line before they finally started to get it right after the Quentin Nelson draft. Um, and it, you know, it cost them one of the best quarterback talents that we've seen in a long, long time. So you can, you can ruin these dudes if you don't get that yeah. situation corrected. If you, if you skirt it too much. So I don't think it's, you said conservative. I don't think it's wrong to be cautious like this. It's okay to play it safe here because you want him safe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to be an interesting scenario if, let's say, that the second tackle, whoever falls to, you know, the second tackle between Vashanu and Alt and, you know, Malik Neighbors, a wide receiver, I bought him up on the radio show today, and, and Bowers are all there mm-hmm. in or around seven, right? Yeah. What, what, how is it that they approach it? I think Bowers is the highest level prospect. At his respective position, um, because it does drop off dramatically at tight end this year. It's not like last year where you where you found a, a bunch of dudes who contributed right away. It is going to be an interesting decision for them because I, Blaine, I'm 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 so down with taking a tackle. I have watched them be undermined yeah. for four seasons. I'm just hoping they have the <laughs> options and whatever option they go. I I think I would be happy either way. It's just that like sometimes I just think. Where is your team at? Like, if we finish nine, I say we the Titans, nine and eight, I think then you can say, okay, we want a playmaker. Because that yeah. meant, uh-oh, your tackles actually probably did halfway decent. But they didn't. So then I go, oh, what kept us from being at least a playoff contending team? And I would say, and I said this all season, the offensive tackle, Dillard, ruined the dang on freaking team. That's, that's yeah. what I would say. Because then all the other dominoes didn't fall into place because of that yeah, position. That- so that's that the was only the thing that, thing that they had to get right. Yeah, now we got Coach Callahan coming in, the dad, who's one of the best to ever be a you know O line coach. So can he fix and maybe you take a risk and get a guy in the second round and he can make into who has a lot of upside and then you take that Bowers or that wide receiver in the first round. We don't know that. So sitting from this perspective, so then I could see how you could say you take that kind of risk. If they believe that he he watches film and says, I can fix this guy, I can do this with this guy, and then we can get a really good player in the second round, man, I'd be all for it. Mm -hmm. See, so there are different options that the Titans will have. Oh, sure. And all of this, right, this comes after free agency, which is the thing I feel like we have to remind ourselves about. They're they're going to address a variety of different things in free agency. This We're talking about the team with uh, the second most cap space in football, like there, it will be even a drastically different roster by the time we get to the draft itself. So their decision-making will be informed by that, whether it's wide receiver, depth, offensive linemen, swing tackles, tight ends even, because Chig and Wiley are there, right? They're not, you can't just totally gloss over them. I think that a new coaching staff does change things for, for a, a lot of people, right? I don't think you can look at every player on this roster that's underperforming and say, all right, here is a reclamation project for the new Titans coaching staff to make right. They may not want to, right? They may want their own guys and, and make decisions as a result. So we'll see how that plays out for a variety of different players um, who, have, uh, who have come onto this team in the last couple of years. But it, it's said by people smarter than me about scouting college football guys that, that this is a good offensive line draft mm-hmm. to get your offensive line right. Now, that doesn't guarantee that they will be good immediately. All rookie offensive linemen struggle no matter how good a prospect they are. So you have to account for that learning curve too. Um, but God knows that they, they could afford to spend two of these eight picks that they have right now on offensive linemen. They need quality starters. They need quality depth. 
Our man Buck Rising. All right, we're a little bit over, but like 20 seconds, Buck. Favorite Buck Rising Super Bowl food that you must have that you will consume during the Super Bowl on Sunday? Mmm, mm, I... See, but I'm going to be at a Super Bowl party, and I don't like to eat things like wings in public. I feel like that's just <laughs> such a... Huh? Oh, man. You know, what? There are so many opportunities to look dumb or have just terrible, unflattering things end up on the That's internet. That's what makes you human. Yeah. They're licking your fingers. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, man, that was so no, good. Well, well, yeah, but Blaine, that stuff grosses me out anyway. Like, I'm doing it. Oh, my. You're a robot, and then it gets in your cracks of your, your robotic hand? My my guy, I eat French fries with a fork and knife, okay? Oh, like, no, oh so you're like that mess. guy. So, like, Super Bowl, Super Bowl food questions are not. Are oh, not man. So, just, I don't like you know. I don't like all the messy foods. I don't like public. So, food. do you eat your hamburger with? You cut it up? No, I don't cut it up like a child. Oh, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering. Hand. You just said you eat your French fries with. <laughs> That's on, more man. normal. French fries are greasy. I don't want my fingers all gross and greasy afterwards. Like, at least a hamburger, you can put a napkin around it. You're not, you know. Oh, okay. a, a napkin around your hamburger. What are we even doing here? Come on, man. French uh-huh. fries with a fork and a napkin around your hamburger? Uh-oh. We, we, yeah, thank well, you for you, coming up you, with you, the rest of our show. We <laughs> really appreciate it. You, <laughs> we're talking about the whole world about you. I just I don't understand how the two of you can get mad at me when you ask me a question that you know I'm going to answer in a weird way because I'm weird. All right. I, I weird. No, I we didn't get mad at you. We just not bad. Like, whoa, whoa, we didn't not know bad. this about you. Just happy to learn more about you to peel yeah, another did. layer off the onion. We were just trying to have a fun question. Yeah. In there when you just made it into a real fun. Yeah. We're about to make fun of you. So good fun, talking to you. Talk to you next yeah, Thursday. By fun, he means weird. All right, Buck. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff my therapist has to deal with. I'll talk to you guys. Oh, All right. Man. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that, that is the first question. How do you eat your hamburger, fries, and everything else? Do you eat it like Buck and you cut everything up? Or will you not uh, eat uh, wings in public? 615-737-1045. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.